with us tonight. Let's worship the Lord.
the Lord. That sounds good, doesn't it? To lift the name of Jesus higher. Praise the Lord. That's what I preached on this morning. And where I was was in Cincinnati. My son, where one of my sons goes to church. And I preached on the way of the winter. And I have felt like a winner for about a week now. Just overcome how the Lord helps us to overcome how great he is and uh, we can lift his name higher that's what brings our victory to us isn't it you look so good tonight wasn't this someday I missed a lot of it but Virgil told me all about it and I got here in time to eat with him <laughs> that was wonderful to see everybody and to know how God blessed this morning how wonderful is God that he gave us such a wonderful day Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And we want to welcome you to Stratford Heights tonight. Immediately following the service, the Encounter Ministries is sponsoring an ice cream special. And it's just $3. If you could, does that mean you get to eat all you can hold or just one serving? <laughs> I don't mean to put you on, on the spot, but sometimes if I get hungry for ice cream, I can go get a whole cone with two big dips and then you get another one free. So I just... I go all the way sometimes like that. It's wonderful, isn't it? So ice cream tonight after church in the gym. And then um, the Encounter Ministries is sponsoring a lot of these things. Every Friday here we have a prayer meeting from 11 to 12 in the sanctuary. But they're having a special time of prayer this Friday night from 7 to 10 p.m. So everybody's invited. We can pray all day Friday. We pray when we get up in the morning. We can come here and pray if you want to at noon. Or pray at home during that time of 11 to 12. And then come out Friday night. Isn't that good? Well, we'll get overdosed on prayer. Wouldn't that be good for us all to get prayed through? I believe we can. The more we pray, the more we want to pray. But we thank you for being here tonight. And thank God for his blessings. And we want you now to, uh, we want you to greet one another. So get out of the aisles. Look for un people that unfamiliar to you. And shake hands and find out their name. Share your name with them and just shake hands and greet them. God bless you.
teeth From the top of my head to the soles of my feet Felt the spirit moving all around me You should have been there when I prayed through Church was on fire and the Holy Ghost too From the top of my head to the soles of my feet Felt the spirit moving all over me Oh 
need you to catch me with your grace. I will follow you. This world has nothing for me. I will follow you, Lord. This world has nothing for me. I will follow you. What a wonderful service this morning. We're going forward. We love you, Lord. Peace of God. Peace of God. Cover me. Cover me. Cover me. of God cover me through the storm cover me sing it with me now peace of God cover me cover me cover me cover me peace of God Peace that passes all I understand. Cover me, oh, 
Cover me when I am hurt. Cover me when I'm not strong. Cover me when I am growing through the storm. Cover me when all seems hopeless. Cover me when my faith is gone. Let the peace and pass is all I understand. Cover me, cover me, Lord. When all seems hopeless, cover me, cover me.
can testify that the peace of God covers us when we need it? How many can testify that even when you're going through the storm, there's a peace and a strength and a comfort from God that we don't deserve, but yet He pours it out on us and it sustains us, it keeps us, it strengthens us and heals us even in the midst of tragedy and difficulty. We're thankful for that song tonight, that story, that truth. You can be seated tonight. You can be seated. We're going to take up the offering. So thankful tonight for the, the day that we've had and, and the lives that I was thinking about that this morning. We talked a lot about where the church was going. And something that I was reminded of by the Holy Spirit today is if the Lord's taking our church that direction, then he's taking my family that direction. And so I'm thankful for what God is doing in our families and the plans that God has for our families and our young people and, and all that, that the work of God is going to do in our church today, I am uh, abundantly thankful, and we are. Can we pray? Father, we worship you. We thank you for the opportunity to give. We thank you for the opportunity to be a part, God, of what you're doing in this last day, in this last hour. God, I pray as we take up the offering, God, may it benefit and bless that which is needed to bless. Thank you for all that you've done through this church, God, as we heard this morning. And God, thank you for what you're doing right now. And God, let us not miss out, God, on what you're getting ready to do. And God, we want to be a part of that more than anything. God, let it keep us awake at night. God, let it be in our prayers. Let it be in the burden of our heart, God, to keep that, God, in the focus of our lives and the priority of our lives. God, we give you praise and we give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen.
Let your glory fill this place. Let your glory fill this place. Let your glory fill this place. Mighty God. Come and fill this holy temple. Consuming fire fall. Let your glory fill this place. Mighty God. Sing it with me. Let your glory fill this place. Let your glory fill this place. Let your glory said, what a day we have had. Amen. I think some of us are a little tired. How many are a little tired? I'm sure. I wanted as we stand tonight before we go any further in the service. I, many came forward for special prayer, but I feel like you are standing back tonight and you need God to do something in you right where you stand. He is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. I'll say that again. He is the present help in the time of our trouble. And every situation and circumstance of your life is important to God. He cares about where you are and what you're going through. He cares about the stress and the heaviness of your heart. You may think, oh, you know what? I've prayed before. I've went down. I've got special prayer. And so you, I don't know who I'm speaking to, but you, you came in here tonight and your heart is heavy. You came in here tonight needing to hear something. Man, I feel the Lord. He's got you in the palm of his hand. He's engraving you there. He knows you're getting up and he knows you're going to bed. He knows where you go. He knows where you what you've got to yet to do. He knows the answer to the quiz, to the the maze of your life. God is here tonight to answer the question that is just racing through your mind. The enemy takes one little thing in your life and just magnifies it to where you can't think about anything else. You're going to get delivered of that right here in this prayer. You need peace. You need peace right where you stand. Folks, I need you to pray with me right now. Anybody that that will, just please join me in prayer. I believe someone's come in here on purpose tonight. And you've stood back. 
And the Lord is pointing you out right here and you know who you are and he's wanting you to know he knows where you're at. He knows what's going on and he's here tonight to minister to your need. He is an ever-present help in the time of our trouble. You don't have to be shy with the Lord. He wants to bring deliverance. I want you to reach over and take someone by the hand standing with you tonight. You don't know what they're going through. You have no idea what they brought into this house tonight. The Lord is the one that hears the word he makes the crooked places straight. He makes the crooked places straight. And he's going to straighten out the situation. You, you have felt like you've got to live with it. You felt like there's no way out of it. You can't go left or right, over or under. And you feel like you're stuck in the middle of this and there's no answer. But God is here tonight to let you know he's a God of control. He's a God of deliverance and rescue. And he is able to literally reach down. If you remember Peter, down in the midst of that water, the Lord reached down through the circumstance of those waters and pulled him up to safety. And God is going to reach right into your mess. And he's going to deliver you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. Don't try to work it out on your own. Don't think you've got to figure it out. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And he, he is going to guide you and direct your path right out of the mess you're in. Right now, in the name of Jesus. You got that hand? Lift them up if you would. Lord, in this place right now, we're asking, we're coming before the throne of grace. We're asking, Lord, for your miraculous power to be at work right here in this house tonight as we give ourselves completely. Lord, we give you the problems. We give you the weight, the burden. We give you, Lord, the things we don't understand, the chaos, the confusion. Lord, we lay it at your feet right here, right now, because you have bid come. You have told us. You've told us to give it to you. And, Lord, we're giving it right now in the name of Jesus. Right now, all across this room, from the left to the right, there are folks receiving deliverance right where you're standing. Right where you're standing. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Holy Ghost. Do the work of God in this house. You need peace? Reach up and grab peace. Let go of those hands right now. Lift your hands up to God. Receive what you need right now. Let the Lord pour peace down into your spirit. Let him pour joy in where there's depression. Let him take a hold of the confusion and straighten it out tonight. And in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we're refreshed in the spirit of the Lord. We're renewed in the spirit of the Lord. We're transformed by his power in the name of Jesus Christ. If you believe that tonight, I want you to say amen. 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 Give the Lord great praise and let's clap under his name. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I, I do this every now and again, and I have found in my own life that it, it is a tremendous blessing in my spirit when I do this. The Bible says, clap your hands unto, unto the Lord, and it says, shout unto God. Now, you'll hear me every now and again. I'll just say that because I know, Marty, what it brings into my own spirit. I've been in my house all by myself, and I've said, hallelujah. And I'm telling you right then and there, the walls might fall over my house. I feel the Spirit of God just come rushing in like a river. I want somebody who needs it to start shouting right now. I want you to shout your praise to the Lord. And I want you to give Him glory and honor for answering the cry of your heart and fixing the situation and turning it around for you tonight. Does anybody got to shout? 
Does anybody got a shout in the house? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He knows right where we are. And he brings deliverance to his people. Somebody, I don't speak out of turn. You know I don't speak out of turn. I don't say things I don't mean. Someone in this house just got a healing touch. I don't know who you are. You just got a healing touch. Someone in this place tonight, you came in confused and you are, your mind is literally starting to straighten out and you're going to know exactly what to do from this anointing that's on this service right here. God is going to answer that cry of your heart and the heaviness, the depression is going to leave you in Jesus' name. It's gone. It leaves you. Joy follows you home to your house. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Say it with me. Surely goodness and mercy. One more time. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Give him one more time. Give him praise tonight. I guess you can't sing about rescuing. You can't sing about God's delivering power and him not come in a mighty wave to do that for us. Do you love the Lord tonight? Amen. I do too. I'm so proud of everyone today. What I love the overseer said to me on the way out the door, he said, man, I'll tell you, Pastor Ray, he said, this church is top shelf. I don't know exactly what that means, but I'm going to look it up on Google later. He said, this church is top shelf. And uh, he texted me again on his way home to Columbus, and he said, man, I had such a wonderful time. He said, the Lord is doing such a great work there. And Bill Isaacs, on his way out the door, started crying and hugged me. And he said, this has been a wonderful day in the Lord. How many of you believe the Lord is with us? He's going with us. He's going to do a wonderful work this year. You better hang on to your hat, because God, you haven't seen nothing to what he's going to do. I am believing for souls to be transformed. I don't want to, come on, we got a preacher right here. He's coming in just a second, don't worry. But listen, I don't want, I'm not wanting people just to be stirred. I'm not wanting people to just be moved emotionally. I am looking for the greatest year of transformation and salvation that this church has ever seen. I want to see discipleship like we've never seen it before. You better get ready. I want to see there be absolute transformations in faith. I want people, when they really need Jesus, I want them to come running to where they say, they have heard someone else has gotten a hold of the power of God. How many are with me and agree with me on that tonight? I praise God. I'm telling you, in these last days, he's looking for a people, and I, I am part of that crowd. I want to be one of his people. Amen? How many want to be one of his people? All right, God bless you. You can be seated. I so appreciate Brother James Jones from the Southern Hills Church of God. You know, they have the same initials we do, S-H-C-O-G. We've always been sister churches. Uh, We've loved them for many years, and and whenever they've had a need or we've had a need, we've just kind of went back and forth. And and if you remember when when Oklahoma City had that tornado, uh, we got in touch with these folks, and we did our best to help and, and do what we could to, to be with them. And we just, we have kindred hearts. We also love them because they gave us one of the finest youth pastors there could ever be on the face of the earth. <laughs> Cameron and Whitney Jones. 
and they're beautiful children. Now, you know, we understand the children are the most exceptional part of the gift, Sister Beverly. They're the best part of that gift. Presley and Blakely are the most beautiful little girls. We love them around here, and we, we treasure them, and we know it took a lot of faith and trust for y'all to let them go from Oklahoma, and so we appreciate that, and we also know they're on loan. You know, you can call them back anytime you want to. We realize you have the power, but uh, we love you very much. Sister Beverly, well, I want you to stand. We love you and honor you tonight. We thank you for being here with us. God bless you. That's Cameron's pretty mom, and uh, his pretty dad is going to come. <laughs> I asked him today, you know, he's on, he's on like a hiatus from, from uh, pastoring. He pastors down in Oklahoma City, and I dared to ask him today. I said, are you going to be here tonight? You, you going to be around? Yeah, I'm going to be here a couple of days. You, you want to preach for us? And I said, uh, you, got a, you got a message? And he said, well, I got the Bible. <laughs> he graciously, uh, I could see the preacher in him, the pastor in him. He was like, yeah, I won't miss an opportunity to minister tonight. I just came from a wedding I did this afternoon. And, and as a matter of fact, I was at the reception waiting for cake and couldn't get no cake. So I had to come on because church was getting ready to start. So I come walking in here in the pouring rain a little bit. But I appreciate Brother Jones being willing to come minister. I believe he has a word from the Lord for us tonight. And I'm excited to be able to be in church and to hear this man minister the Word of God. He's been pastoring for many more years than most of us are alive. Not that he's that old, <laughs> but we want him to come and minister. Would you please make welcome Brother James Jones, Pastor Jones from Oklahoma City. Praise God. Bless you, my brother. Praise the Lord. If you didn't get an afternoon nap, you're in trouble. Who can nap in this tonight? Wow. This has been great. I've enjoyed this so much. Looking forward to postponing my nap till after the service is over. And I hope you won't take the occasion to take one while I'm preaching tonight. I see some of you might be ready for that, but uh, service isn't over. Praise the Lord. I got a word from the Lord for you. Um, I'm sorry that, you know, I'm of old school that you can't uh, preach without a suit. So I came without a suit or a sermon. And after three um, suit coats of Cameron, I decided that it definitely was uh, not suit night. So we, uh, we got the message that it's more casual on Sunday evening. So we're here. And I feel like the Lord had something for us. He had something for me. I've, I've heard this message before. Praise the Lord. In fact, you know, I was working on this message last time I was here out there in the, the gym. And uh, so I was just kind of playing preaching. Well, I hope you'll be able to tell the difference tonight from that playing preaching that I was doing out there. But here's what I felt like God was saying to me then is <laughs> what you see is not what you get. Now, come on with me here, folks. What you see is not what you get. A lot of people think what you see is what you get. I'm so glad Beverly didn't uh, subscribe to that feeling because, you know, she knew she was going to get more than the exterior package here that she saw. In fact, if you want to talk about that for a minute, all of my kids get their good looks from me. 
because their mother still has hers. So you can chew on that one there for a while. Praise the Lord. I brought, um, I didn't even bring a Bible, but I know how to operate this iPad. 5252 is my code, my password. Uh-oh, that's my games. Here's the weather. It's going to take me a little while to get to the sermon, but I got a Bible in here somewhere. I know I do. And if you have yours, turn with me to Mark, the 8th chapter, the 22nd verse. I think you'll find all through the scriptures, Jesus came, God's word came to us to let us know we do not get what we see. There are a lot of people who are settling for that. There are people in church who are settling for that. Come on with me now, folks. And because we see the deterioration of our society, we think God might have forgotten us. We might be a little bit pouty with him, or even worse, we might not be relating to him at all. We might just find ourselves in a place in which uh, we stand in need of the great grace of God, and I think the Lord has that grace for us. Praise the Lord forever and forevermore. I think I'm here in Mark, the 8th chapter, the 22nd verse. It's a familiar passage of Scripture about one of the things, uh, the events of Christ's life, but I think it's, uh, it's really interesting. I saw it with a different dynamic and maybe I can uh, convey that to you tonight. Would you mind standing? Let's stand one more time. If you, if you have difficulty standing, it won't hurt my feelings. I, I sit down during some of the service because I know I've got to stand up the whole time I'm preaching. So if you want to stand up the whole time just out of empathy, go ahead and do that. But I'm going to let you guys sit down here in just a minute. 22nd verse. And he, speaking of Jesus, cometh to Bethsaida, or if you want to pronounce it a, a different way, Bethsaida. I was going to act like I had an education, but then I muffed it, so we'll go on. And they bring a blind man unto him and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. Do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. Now that's got to be pretty disappointing. All the hype about Jesus. And all that time it took us to get out of town. So that if he did anything big, the religious people wouldn't get a hold of him. He was looking for something big. Don't you think by that time he's looking for something big? And then Jesus near ruins him. Because now he sees and he may lose his disability. You know, some people, I need to finish reading, don't I, before I start preaching. Some people want just enough of God to keep their disability. They don't really want to be healed because then they'd have to work. That is a sermon I won't preach tonight. 
And you might go away from here saying, boy, that was the best sermon he didn't preach. Okay. I'll go ahead. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. He was restored and he saw every man clearly. Praise God. May God add his rich blessing to the reading of his word. Could we pray together? Eternal Father, we thank you today for the power of your word that is able to reach us. We know, Lord, that it's not by chance we're here, but it's by design. You have a plan for our lives, and we intend to be a part of that plan. Would you take a hold of us, Jesus, and minister by your might and your power. Show the great grace of God that's given to us, Lord, and we'll be thankful and give you all the praise and all the glory. And all the people said, amen, amen. God bless you. you may be seated. I want to talk to you a little bit tonight about perception. A lot of people say that perception is reality. And it might be your reality. Many times out of our perception, we make decisions we ought not to make. Because our perception is not always correct. How many of you know that that's true? We perceive a certain thing a certain way and then we act as if that's the truth, that that's accurate. And out of that action, then we start a whole set of chain reactions that are negative because we did not see things clearly. When I was thinking about perception, you have to recognize that there's a difference between perception and perspective. Perception is what you see, and uh, perspective is the location or the place from which you see it. Now think about that for a moment. You're looking at a particular situation, and you see it, and what you see might be considered what you get. But I'm here to tell you tonight that what you see is not what you get. You're looking at it from where you are, and God has a different perspective. Hallelujah. He's looking from up here. He sees the end from the beginning, the Bible says. He knows and understands all things. So the problem I have is that I should not go by my perception. I should go by his perspective. Let's let God, because we understand that he sees everything as it ought to be seen. Now, I know that there are a lot of uh, things that are affected by our perception. You've probably seen uh, some of these uh, true, uh, some of these uh, different pictures that um, people will see them differently. Have you seen that one where if you look at it a certain way, it looks like a beautiful woman? Or maybe if you turn it upside down, it looks like a, an old hag. That's all in your perception. Some of you might be acquainted with the card. They'll give you a card. And if you're looking to read the black lines, all you're going to see is black lines. But if you look at the light or if you look at the white, you'll see Jesus in it. Now, come on. Everybody should recognize that our perception is affected by certain things where we came from, what we think about, how we relate to others. All of those things affect our perception. But let us not be deceived into thinking that what we perceive is real. In fact, they have totally redefined the word real today. Reality TV. Now, somebody tell me if you found anything real about reality TV. 
And some of the reality TV folks used to be real, and they got them on TV because they're real, and then they became unreal because that's that's what they thought we wanted. Well, let me tell you, your perception will affect your future. It'll affect your choices, and we need to make sure that we don't go by our perception because what we see is not what we get. We need to see things clearly from the eyes and the mind of Jesus Christ himself. Let's look at this passage of scriptures. We see the narrative that is taking place here in Mark, the 8th chapter, the 22nd verse. In Bethsaida, Jesus goes down and they brought to him a blind man. He's in bad shape. They're anxious for him to receive a touch. We bring a friend to church and sometimes friends get disappointed. I remember when I was a teenager, I brought my girlfriend to uh, the Holiness Church, you know, the Pentecostal church. And I won't tell you that she was Baptist, but she hadn't seen anything like what had gone on there at that church. And so what I thought I would do, my brother was a visiting preacher, evangelist, and I said, well, I can count on him to keep it straight, you know, no weird or wild stuff. And so I brought her to church on the night my brother was preaching. And he, in the middle of the sermon then, Uh, said, James Allen, where are you? He said, I want you to get up and walk around the center section of the pews tonight. I didn't have enough faith for that. Here's my girlfriend sitting beside me. I don't know if he knew she was there or not, but the Lord actually did deliver me from that girlfriend, and now I ended up where I should have been with the wife I have. She told me to tell you that, so I'm throwing that into the story. But the perception we have can make a huge difference. And here are some folks who have an expectation. They brought this blind man to to Jesus to receive something of Jesus. He was in need of healing. And their expectation was heightened as they went out of town, as I mentioned earlier. And uh, they wanted to see and be a part of the process of healing. But actually, it went from bad to worse. Have you ever had a situation in which things went from bad to worse for you? Now, we joke about this, and uh, somebody said, uh, you know, cheer up, you know, things could get worse, and you cheer up, and sure enough, they get worse. That's the kind of situation we find ourselves in today. But let me tell you, folks, it's not based on what you perceive or what you see. Praise God, because you don't get what you see. You do not get what you see. You get what God sees for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, don't get excited. You might wake up somebody. And so in this passage of Scripture, it went from bad to worse for him. It went from insult to injury. Because instead of just being blind, now I'm embarrassed and humiliated. Now, you know, I looked in the scriptures and the only other time that it makes mention of spitting was when they did it to spite Jesus. The only other time it's recorded in which spitting takes place, I've never seen that as a thing of honor. Come here and let me spit on you. I love you so much. Things are going so well for me, let me just spit on you. If that's too crude, I want to tell you that's how that guy felt. Embarrassed. 
it had gone from bad to worse. And I don't know if any of you have prayed before for the Lord to deliver you or to bring your child out of, out of a bondage or uh, if you've been in a place where you just didn't know what to do and you, you called on the Lord, it's time for the mortgage to be paid. It's time for deliverance to come. It's time for healing. I can't wait, Lord, any longer. And he makes you wait longer. You pray and the answer you get is stay. You pray or the answer, and the answer you get is wait. They tell me that God answers every prayer. Some he answers with go. And some he answers with slow. And some he answers with no. I like the ones when he answers with go, don't you? Praise God, we're going to go ahead, we're going to get it, we're going to receive. And all of those positive things that are in the scripture, all of those promises are exciting and we should take a hold of them. But we should remember that some of the people who had a promise of the Lord, it took them 40 years to receive the promise. A hundred years to move in to all of what God had planned for, the, for them. Excuse me. So we need to be aware of the fact that God may have spoken some things in the hearts and lives of people today. So don't be discouraged. Don't be downhearted. Don't think of yourself as having lost. Don't doubt God or be disappointed in him. He will never fail you. Hallelujah. He's never failed us yet. I might be jumping a little bit ahead, but I'm thinking about a young lady. She was the daughter of our, our neighbor. It's a neighbor I met uh, out at the street when we took our trash cans out together. And over the course of years, we'd stand out there and talk about this and that. We won him back to the Lord. He had been a choir director in another church and had backslidden on the Lord. We won him back to the Lord before he passed away. His wife is still now coming to the church. But her daughter was in the hospital and uh, she asked if I'd go up and visit and I did. She didn't attend our church and does it today. But when I stopped in to see her, you know, friendly and, and uh, smiley as I am, probably wasn't what she wanted to see. Sometimes in the hospital, people just don't want all that joy and all that Feliz Navidad and all that, you know. So I walked in and talked to her for a little bit. and Then I said, could I pray with you, Pam, before I leave? And she said, well, I don't know. I'm kind of mad at God right now. And I said, well, have you told him? And she said, can I do that? I said, he can handle it. <laughs> you know, we act like we got to make excuses for God when he doesn't show up. If he doesn't show up, it's because it's not time yet. Hello? He's always on time. He's never too late. And if he's not on our time, it's because it's not yet the best for us. Hallelujah. God is always on time. Praise the Lord. Well, let me tell you what happened to this little story. As we prayed, I said, God, I want you to give peace to her heart and provide that healing for her through these doctors or by whatever means, Lord, I know that you're able to do this. Well, let me tell you, she got out of the hospital and whatever grave disease they had diagnosed her of was gone, praise the Lord. And now when she comes to visit uh, her, her mom, well, she's moved now, but when she came to visit her mother, she wanted to come across the street and hug that pastor who uh, gave her the permission to tell God she was pretty mad at him. 
Now, the thing is, a lot of us are mad at God, and we don't tell him. We don't have the courage to say, Lord, I feel like you left me in that situation. I feel like you've left me alone. I feel like I'm a little bit discouraged. Or maybe we just move away from God's presence altogether because we're disappointed in him. Please stay with me tonight because I think there's some folks today who are feeling like that. You're a little bit disappointed with God. You're continuing to come to church. You continue to do the things you should do, but you feel like God's left you alone in some way or he's disappointed you. Let me tell you, if you'll just hold on, what God is looking for is some people of faith. Hallelujah. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things you have not yet seen. Hallelujah. Praise God. You don't get what you see. What you see is yet to come. Or what is yet to come, we do not yet see. The Bible tells us this, in fact. It says the things that we see are temporal. But the things that you don't see, those are eternal. Those will last forever. Put your faith and hope on him and he will not let you down. So in that uh, 24th verse, uh, he didn't embellish the report. Sometimes we feel like we've got to help God. Um, He just said what his perception was. He said, I see men like trees walking. Now, thankfully... What he saw was not reality because trees don't walk because men don't come from trees and men don't come from monkeys. Well, this passage doesn't prove that, but that's also true. So here we see in this passage of Scripture a man who did not accept what he saw as the end, but he said it like it was. I see trees, a men like trees walking. I guess I didn't set that to stay open long enough there to read. And so then in this passage, I'd like for you to see that Jesus had a different perspective. And what you see is not what you get. It's not what you're going to get is what he told that man because the next thing you see him doing is that he touched him again. I think perhaps that one of the things we're in great need of today in the church is not that first church, uh, not that first touch that may have brought us to Jesus, but it's the second touch that keeps us in our faith perspective. Some of us are willing to come to the Lord in the altar, but we're not willing to have that transformed life. We're not really willing for Christ to change us. We want to hold on to all of the pet sins that we've always done. I don't have time to preach that. I'm sure I don't. But I think what's happening to the church today is that we're settling for a doctrine that's not according to the scriptures. Everybody is not going to heaven and some of the people we love are not going to go to heaven unless they give their lives to Jesus Christ. The Bible says he's the way, the only way, if you will. There's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. So Jesus is the only way, and we should commit ourselves to to him uh, and receive that forgiveness of our sins. Don't uh, Don't get upset. Uh, with what you see because God has greater plans than what you see. Hebrews 13 and 14 says, we have no continuing city 
but we seek one. Jesus said, when the Son of Man cometh, will he find faith on the earth? Jesus is trying to develop in us a sense of confidence that says, even though my circumstance does not show it, I know that God is the Lord of my circumstance, hallelujah. Even though my situation might be one that uh, I cannot yet see the fulfillment of that, I don't have to find a, a place in which I am acting as if God has already done it. There are some people who are doing that, you know. Um, well, I'm afraid that'll be too close to a joke if I tell that. I wouldn't want to, you know, enjoy ourselves here at church. But, but there are some of us who've come to, to think that um, God has forgotten us, he's left us alone, and our circumstances are, are in, intolerable, but that's not true. What you see is not what you get. God has greater things planned for you. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Um, now when I get to preaching and and I'm not sure if I'm tearing or sweating here, but I have trouble reading even my own writing. Do you get the message? Can you see what I'm saying? How is your perception tonight? Can you find the faith to trust God till the end? Not just when things are going good, but when things are going Poorly, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Now, let me give you a couple of uh, illustrations of how perception makes all the difference, or perspective, excuse me, makes all the difference. Um, with Job, Job stood in a situation and circumstance far worse than any that I've seen anybody else have. I haven't lost all of my children. I haven't lost all of my wealth. When I get it, I'll let you know if I lose it. So he had the benefit. You know, and sometimes those benefits, when they're gone, we feel like we've lost anything, uh, something. But you know, the Bible says we came into the world with nothing, and that's how we're going to leave. So we ought not get real upset about that. Uh, if we have it, we have it. Paul said, I'm content whether I have or whether I don't have. Is it getting that late already? I'm content with whether I have or whether I have not. It makes no difference. We walk through that door and it should make no difference whether we're part of the haves or the have-nots. The have have a greater responsibility than the have-nots, by the way. If you don't want to be generous, ask God to make you poor. If you don't want to tithe, ask the Lord for a job you can afford to tie. There's a sermon I won't preach. And what you'll remember tonight might be, boy, the sermons he didn't preach were the best. But let's talk about Job. Job said, if insult is added to injury, yet I'm going to trust the Lord. He said, though I see the shining knife of God himself, there's no way to blame it on anybody else. And we tend to do that. He said, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. 
Now there is a perception that is based on the perspective of faith. You remember the story of Abraham and Isaac? Don't you think that there's probably uh, more than one perception in that situation? <laughs> I can just imagine Isaac sees things a little bit differently than Abraham. In fact, the scriptures say that when uh, Isaac came uh, to where the, the mount of worship was, that he said, Father, I, I see you've got the wood here and you've got the matches, but where's the sacrifice? Abraham didn't say, you the man. <laughs> no, but what he did say was, the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. Hebrews said that he knew that if he did take his life, that God was able to raise him up again. Now, we may not know how God is working, but I assure you he is working. And the provision of God will always be enough for you. Now, Abraham didn't realize it. His perspective was based on uh, God's perspective and it changed his perception of things. And all the while, God was sending a ram up the other side of the mountain. While the faith in his heart was bringing him to the mountain, God was sending the provision for that. Before you pray, God already has the answer on the way. Hallelujah, even before you pray. Let me digress here maybe a little bit or at least illustrate this. There was a, a, a lady who just got saved when she was, uh, I think, 70 years old. She was a wonderful uh, lady, but she was new in the Lord. And uh, this was years ago when we were in Arizona and the kids were young and she became kind of their babysitter to give uh, us some relief. But she was so anxious and ready to learn about Jesus. Some of you are laughing about that relief we needed. We had three kids, three years old and younger, so we needed some relief. More than prayer. Come on, guys, fall in here and help us on the weekends, you know. And so um, she called me one day and she said, Pastor, uh, I, I need, I have a financial need. And uh, so, she, so we prayed about that financial need. And um, so that day or the very next day, she got in the mail. Now, you've heard these kind of stories. It's probably never happened to you. But, <laughs> but she went to the mailbox and got out an envelope and received a check for the amount she needed in an, from an unexpected source. And she just was so excited to call me. And on the way to the phone, this is what the devil told her. That check was in the mail before you prayed. So she called me and she told me what she had gone through. And, and you know, I don't know where that verse came from whether I had just read it or whether it was in my um, frame of reference or whether the Lord just spoke it through me, but that, that's what I told her, that verse, that the Bible says, before you even called on me, <laughs> hallelujah, before you even prayed, I sent the answer. Praise God. That's the kind of God you're serving today. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Now, 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter tells us that right now, we see through a glass darkly, but then we're going to see face to face. We'll see everything as we ought, everything as we should. 
And so I want to give you an opportunity tonight to respond to the things you've heard to see if you get it or if you see it, if you understand it, if you grasp uh, that, that simple truth that I'm trying to convey today. Because I believe that there are those, some of you here who have lost courage, you've lost strength, maybe you're disappointed with God, you feel like he's abandoned you and he's forsaken you. But he will never forsake us. He's never failed us yet. Every promise he has met and I cannot fail him. God can defend himself. He knows how to bring these things into view so that there'll be no doubting that it's God. He'll give you the personal assurances that he's standing beside you. And I, I suppose the, the second person or people that I want to uh, challenge tonight is maybe a group of folks who've never really put God to the test to see the power of his provision. Maybe you don't think God works that way. You just work so hard and you just get it all for yourself. And, you know, there's not anything that you've ever needed that you haven't been able to work hard enough to get it. Well, you might be coming to a place where your faith is going to be tested. And I want to just encourage you today to put your faith and confidence in the Lord. The Lord is worthy of our faith and our confidence. He cares so much about you. He cares more for you than your parents. He cares more for you than your children. That's the kind of God we're serving. That's the kind of God we're loving. And thank God for his great grace that he's extended to us. Would you stand? Let's pray. I'm going to turn this over to the pastor in just a moment. But I want you to just offer, offer this time for the Lord to speak to your hearts as we pray. Eternal Father, we thank you today for the power of your presence and for your anointing in our lives. And we know, God, that what we've seen and how we've seen things, it just could not have been right. There have been so many times that we've wondered what's going on and, and we've seen situations that have been head scratchers and, and we just don't even understand what's happening around about us. But we know, Lord, that your word is true. Help us to stand on that. Help us to know, God, that you will not withhold any good thing from them who walk uprightly. Help us to Oh, God, help us to know that your word is true. Your promises are yea and amen and that you have power and grace that is sufficient for us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. To that heart, Lord, on the third or fourth pew down from the back, God, as they're examining the words that have been spoken tonight, the challenge of heart, I pray that they'll take heart and trust you, Jesus. That situation that's facing them, the decision that they're about to make, oh Lord, I pray that you'd help them to know that your word is alive, quick and powerful. It's sharp. And you, oh Lord, live by that word of truth. You are truth. And I pray, Holy Father, that you'll minister to give peace and rest to those who have tried you found confidence in you, Lord. You said for us not to cast away our confidence, our faith, 
because it has due recompense of reward. It's going to come. It's going to come. <laughs> it's going to come. Hallelujah. Deliverance is on the way. Help is on the way. Praise God. Provision is in our course. Oh, Lord, help us to know this today and put our confidence and trust in it. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise God. Praise God. I hope you'll see these things, perceive these things from the perspective that God has who sees all things in from the beginning. He's worthy of your trust. Praise God. Would you give him praise tonight? Hallelujah. He's worthy. He's worthy. Hallelujah. You know, there's an old poem that uh, Pastor Watkins actually used to share with the congregation. It, was, it talked, I wish I knew it by heart like he did. But it talked about all the, we look into the tapestry of our lives and we see the dark weavings of threads. And we see the colorful things and the neat things, the, the light things that happen. And when we're looking at all of them from where our perspective, we are looking up at this tapestry that God is weaving of our life. And sometimes the... The feeling is, Lord, I don't know what all that dark is. I don't know what this means. I don't know what's happening in my life. But it's only when the poem goes on to talk about we see the underside, but God sees the upper. And he knows exactly what he's doing in our lives. The one awesome thing about the perspective of God is that God's ways are always right. They're always right. We can get mad. We can get frustrated. We can question God. And we can be proud of ourselves when we get all, you know, rebellious or radical in our thinking. And that's fine. God don't get mad at us. But the better way, Kathy, is for us to truly trust in God who made the entire world. If he made that world, if he made you and me, he can take care of us. And if we trust in him, lean on him. Don't lean on the arm of flesh. The arm of flesh gets mad. The arm of flesh wants to respond. The arm of flesh wants to act like a human. But if we will trust God, who will lead us through every circumstance, he will direct us and lead us right out. I'm telling you, tonight was purposely customized for someone. And I want you, if you would, we've got a few minutes before we go back and have fellowship together with ice cream. And I just feel like you need to come get a new perspective. So I want you, if you'll make an altar, maybe at your seat, or if you feel led, I want you to just come spend some time, a few minutes alone with the Lord. You can make an altar there. You can come to the altar here, but get somewhere where you can just ask God, Lord, change my perspective. Let me see what you're doing. Help me to feel what you're doing. And in that process, I'm telling you, I believe we're going to see a change in ourselves. Amen. Come. Would you come all over the place? Would you just take a few moments to spend time with the Lord? strength the Lord is my strength the Lord is my strength my high tower 
who saved me by his grace then he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land what a day glorious What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see when I look upon his face the one who saved me by his grace that he takes And leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day, glorious day. for ourselves. Stand with me tonight. Brother Orville, I'm going to put you on the spot. I want you to pray dismissal prayer for us. Come meet me in this altar. How many of you love Brother Orville and Sister Linda Robinson? Now I want to tell you, I love and admire and respect this man so much. He is a, a father figure to me and a hero to me. 
and I love you very much. You can't talk to him five minutes, but what he isn't just broke down and crying. He has got such a tender heart for God, and he has been an example for me, and I love him so much. I want you to dismiss us in prayer after this grand and glorious day. I want you to be the last prayer on the house. Thank you, my brother. You know, it is good to be in the house of the Lord and to feel his presence and to know that God loves you, loves me. So let us pray together, okay? Our precious Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the word. So thankful, God, for that that has taken place here today. God, for the expectation that has been left with us today is not what we are, but what we're going to be. And Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you, God, and we thank you for your blessings. And God, let us serve you on the strength of the blessings that you have given us. And we'll not fail to give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Jones. Wonderful, wonderful word of God tonight. Thank you so much.